Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. I, I was never satisfied the way some people deal with folks who come to be saved. I, I know a lot of times in, in praying and dealing with folks who come to be saved, we just sort of leave them in the dark, so to speak. Sometimes people tell folks, well, keep on praying, the Lord will save you after a while. But you know, friends, there's more to being saved than just praying. If one prays apart from the Word of God, he will not get anywhere. I've seen so many people come to the altars who were as earnest and sincere as they could be, and yet they went away unsaved. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series Right and Wrong Thinking by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. Humanity has been mystified by this act through the ages. They have said God knew what was going to happen, or why did God let the devil do that? People say these things because they do not know the Bible. The Bible plainly states God created the heaven and the earth, and he gave the dominion of all the work of his hands to man. He gave uh, us dominion over all things. Now, God was not responsible anymore. Man was responsible since God had given him that responsibility. You know, if I gave someone an automobile, I would not be able to help it if he bootlegged in it, would I? It would be up to the individual as to what he did with it because I'd given it to him. Therefore, the car is not my responsibility and the person could do as he chose with it. Now, have you ever noticed how different New Testament authors wrote to the churches and how every single one of them told us to do something about the devil and not, not to pray that God would do anything about the devil but told us to do something about the devil? As we've said to you before, believers, Christians, should live in the epistles. The letters, those are the letters written to the churches. Now, Peter said, Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, you know, Peter said that in 1 Peter 5, 8. Now, I've heard statements such as, The devil is after me. Pray for me that he'll not get me. Uh, pray that God will do something about the devil. Father, don't let uh, him get me. Jesus, rebuke the devil. Such praying as this does no good. One might as well uh, say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Peter said here in 1 Peter 5, 8, Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But Peter did not stop there. He went on to say, for us to do something about it. He said, Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Now you are the one that must do something about the devil. You have to resist him steadfast in the faith. Tell the devil, the word says, that Jesus defeated you. You are a defeated foe devil. The New Testament says that you do not have any authority over me. This new covenant that God has established with man through the blood of Jesus Christ for Christ, the Bible said, has become the surety of a better covenant. This new covenant says that you have no authority over me, but rather I have authority over you. Satan, leave me alone because you are defeated. Now, friends, that is making the right confession, and it will put you over. Now, when a wrong confession is made, we give Satan dominion over us. 
Then James, you remember, in James 4, 7 said, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, James is writing to believers. He didn't say pray to God that God would resist the devil and cause him to flee from you or from us. He did not say to phone the pastor and have him pray that the devil will go away. Unless you resist the devil, he will not flee from you. I can resist him, and he will flee from me. But I cannot resist him for you. I can pray for people in faith. But if they maintain the wrong confession, it will do no good. It will nullify the effect of my prayer. Now, some are ignorant enough to believe that I can just pray a prayer of faith for them, whether they believe anything or not, and they will still get an answer no matter what they believe, and they think somebody else can do it. Now, this is foolish on their part, and it's contrary to the Word of God. Many claim to believe the New Testament, but actually do not. They are ignorant concerning the Word of God. They say, if you heal the sick as Jesus did, then why don't you heal everybody? Now, a man that says that Jesus healed all the sick is a liar because the Word of God plainly shows that Jesus did not heal all the sick. Unbelief kept Christ when he was on the earth from doing many things. Look in Mark, the sixth chapter, the fifth and sixth verses, if you doubt my word, and notice here what it said. Mark, chapter six, verse five and six. And he, Jesus, could do there in Nazareth no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. It went on to say, and he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went about the villages teaching. Jesus could do no mighty work there. He could not. Now, why couldn't he? The Bible said it was because of unbelief. Sometimes we read in the Bible that all were healed. I mean, you know, in certain services. And sometimes I've had uh, everyone healed in my services. At other times, only a few healed. Now, the difference is in the faith or the unbelief of the individual. You can see this throughout Jesus' ministry. You know, Matthew 13, 58 said he did not many mighty works there in Nazareth because of their unbelief. Therefore, if unbelief hindered Christ from working while he was here on the earth, and if he is by the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, then unbelief will hinder him from working through us or working through the church. You see, it's our responsibility to act. Now, Paul said in writing to the church at Ephesus, in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Now, what does it mean? It means that we should not give the devil any place in us. It means the devil cannot take a place in us unless we let him do it. When Christ arose from the dead with all authority in heaven and on earth, he delegated the authority of earth to the church, the believer, and it's up to the believer to do something about what God has given us. It's not up to God. It's up to you and to me as believers to believe and act upon what we believe. Resist the devil and have the right confession so that you can maintain dominion over the devil. Now, if one's confession is not in line with the word, then he glorifies the devil. And he fills his own heart with a spirit of fear and weakness. But if he boldly confesses God's word, God's care, the heavenly Father's protection, and declares that what he says in his word is absolutely true, and that the new covenant is in force today, and that we have a high priest that is passed into the heavens and is in action today, 
then the believer can maintain a constant victory and keep the devil under our dominion just as Christ ordained it. Now, you see, when we believe God's word and think in line with God's word, believe God's word and confess God's word, it works for us. Then, for instance, when we declare that greater is he that's in us or in you than he that's in the world, and you know, First uh, John, the fourth chapter, the fourth verse said that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's within us than any force around about us. When we believe that, when we think in line with that word, when we believe that word, when we confess that word, then we will rise above all satanic influence. Satan will not be able to dominate us. This is the battleground on which we fight and determine whether we succeed or fail. When we confess doubts and fears, we are denying the grace and the ability of God. As a believer, one should never deal or confess doubts or fears, for doubts and fears are of the devil. The New Testament says, you know, uh, in Second Timothy, I believe, 1, 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. You see, he has given us a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Praise God. We are God's family. We are his children. Faith, love, and power belong to us. Now, instead of confessing our doubts and fears, confess faith, love, and power. Confess what the Word says, and faith will grow stronger. When weaknesses are confessed, or diseases, or sickness, we are openly confessing that God's Word's not true, and that God's failed to make it good. But... Ask yourself the question, what does God say about sickness and disease? Well, he says, with his stripes you are healed. God's word said, surely, in Isaiah 53, 4, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. God's word said, Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. God's word said in 2 Peter 2.24, Who his own self by our sins and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now see, instead of confessing that he bore my sicknesses and my disease, and that by his stripes I'm healed, oftentimes we confess that we still have them. And as long as we confess that we still have them, we will still have them. Now, one writer says in his book on the subject of healing, your confession of disease and sickness is like signing for a package that the express company has brought. The devil has your receipt for it. You have accepted it. As we said, here's what happened. Instead of confessing that he, Jesus, bore all sickness and disease and put them away, you are confessing that you still have them. Well, as long as you confess you have them, you'll have them. And you need to realize that. God led me, however, 
or ever so slowly, uh, we, we respond to spiritual things, even though God is leading us. And I know I was slow now. That's not God's fault. That's mine. You know, one almost has to bypass the brain and operate from the inner man, the heart of the spirit, to really get things or get into the things of God. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the book by Kenneth E. Hagan, Right and Wrong Thinking, plus the three CD series by Ken Hagan, Victory, God's Plan for You. Both powerful resources are just $19.95. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. I'm excited about our new location at Rama Bible Church, Oklahoma City. Oh yeah, that did. Last month we got in there at our new location. Yes, and uh, that is 8921 Northwest Expressway there in Oklahoma City. We now have our own facility. We don't have to set up every week. We and got children's rooms, youth rooms. We yes. got everything. We got the, the little uh, area out front where we got the coffee and That's everything. Right. It's neat. Hey, come out and join but us. You're in that area, and but it's at 6 o'clock on Sunday night. Call today to get this month's special victory package, which includes the book by Kenneth E. Hagan, Right and Wrong Thinking, plus the three CD series by Ken Hagan, Victory, God's Plan for You. Both powerful resources are just $19.95. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, Right and Wrong Thinking. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. <laughs> 